Hello, and welcome to 10,000 Startups, Legal Strategies for Startup Success. This is Roger Royce, partner of Haynes Boone in Palo Alto. I am your host, where each week we bring you original content from subject matter experts on topics of interest of startup law. So thank you for being here. This week, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, no interview today, no guest. I'm just going to give you the down and dirty, what you need to know for about 20 minutes on the Corporate Transparency Act. Now, I know that unless you've been living in a cave, you've heard of this, you've been probably deluged with newsletters, blog posts, webinars, on and on and on, emails for sure, about the Corporate Transparency Act and all the things that you have to do. And there's good reason for that, because this act has just now become effective here January 1 of 2024. It's gone into effect, and it now requires most companies, almost all startups, very few of them are going to be exempt, uh, probably, well, very few, to, to file a beneficial ownership information report with the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. That's FinCEN. It's a federal agency of the U.S. Treasury. Now, before uh, you blow this off and ignore it, I just want to let you know right off the top that there are really stiff penalties for not doing this. And there's no reason not to. Uh, this information is confidential. It's not open to the public. And it's designed as part of, an, of the Anti-Money Laundering Act of 2020. So it's really designed to prevent companies from money laundering, terrorist financing, tax fraud, that sort of stuff all the things that you did not organize your company to do, right? So you shouldn't be afraid of it. You should just go ahead and comply. It's a super simple thing to comply with. And I'm going to, even though it sounds very complex, I'm going to simplify it here in the next few minutes and give you the high level on what you need to know. Now, uh, so under this act, uh, entities have to file this report. And this report discloses the name of the company as well as beneficial owners and other individuals who have substantial control. Like I said, I'm going to tell you about the penalties. If you don't do this, the penalties can include fines up to $500 a day for the company and all the individuals involved. Not only that, there could be criminal penalties in some cases. And for the uninitiated, criminal means potential jail time. You can never, ever, ever justify a criminal penalty in a startup law context. Okay, it's just not part of what we do. So now you know that it's important to file this report. The next thing you need to know is that if you're a reporting company, you've got, if you're a domestic reporting company, create it before January 1 of this year, 2024, you've got the whole year. You only need to file this by January 1, 2025. If you're a domestic, meaning U.S., meaning Delaware, California, someplace in the U.S., reporting company, create it after January 1, 2024, but before January 1, 2025, you got 90 days uh, from the date of creation of file. And if you've your reporting company, your domestic reporting company was created after January 1, 2025, then you've got 30 days uh, to file. So for this year, you got a little bit of time. You got 90 days of creation, or you've got the whole year if you were created before the beginning of the year. Now what is a reporting company? Because only reporting companies have to file this, whether they're domestic or foreign. And a reporting company is a corporation, a limited liability company, or similar company uh, formed or registered 
to do business. So sometimes we form someplace else and qualify to do business in California, for example. Uh, if you're either of those, by filing a document with the Secretary of State or an office similar to that, that's a reporting company unless you qualify for an exemption. There are 23 different companies that are exempt. Uh, almost never are you going to see a startup company uh, be exempt. Uh, but let's just pause on that for a second because maybe you get out of this entirely. I won't go through all 23 exemptions, but they're the kind of things you might expect. Uh, companies that are already highly regulated, companies that have a pretty or expected to have a pretty robust anti-money laundering process in place already, uh, stuff like that. Uh, but there are three that might apply to you. You might be a large operating company. You might be a subsidiary of certain exempt entities, or you might be an inactive entity. Uh, if you're one of those three, then you may be exempt. Uh, and also for our venture fund clients, uh, if you're a venture capital fund advisor, you're exempt. But that's a special definition, so you'll want to look at the rule. The one I want to pause on that everyone I think is going to try to hang their hat on if they can is large operating company. That's almost none of the startups I know, uh, because in order to be a large operating company, you have to have more than 20 employees on a full-time basis uh, in the United States. You must have an operating presence and a physical address and office in the United States uh, where the entity owns or leases and is um, physically distinct from, from the place of business of any other unaffiliated entity. So, you know, not uh, you can't uh, rent, rent a mailbox, a post office box down the street and hope that that works. And here's the big one. Your federal tax returns uh, and filed in the U.S. must show more than $5 million of gross receipts or sales. So, yeah, so probably not going to apply, right? Not going to apply uh, to, um, uh, to most of my startups. And then, of course, there are all the other exemptions that we mentioned. Public companies, uh, there's an exemption for public companies. There's an exemption for subsidiaries of exempt companies. Um, so that might apply, for example, but that'll be the big one. But assuming you don't fit that category because you're a new company, well, then you're well within the crosshairs of this new law. So let's talk about it, what it talks about. Remember, I said you had to file that beneficial ownership uh, information report during these time frames. What is, let's first of all talk about what that involves. So. Um, what it involves, uh, we have to disclose uh, the parties that, first of all, I have to disclose the reporting company. So let me kind of get that, get that out of the way right away. And that's the full name of the company, the trade name, the DBA name, the current address, jurisdiction of formation, and taxpayer identification number. It's all information that is readily available to you. Uh, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, no problem with that. Now, it also requires you to disclose information about beneficial owners and company applicants. Let's take those one at a time. So with regard to both those individuals, that means the individual's full name, okay, date of birth. Well, all right, I guess we got to ask. Um, current residential or business address, if it's an entity, uh, and a unique identifying number, like a passport number, uh, driver's license number, et cetera, or the individual's FinCEN number. 
and that those documents uh, uh, have to be uploaded. So pictures of them have to be uploaded. In fact, uh, if it's a U.S. passport, a driver's license, something like that. Now, that means every beneficial owner and every applicant. Your company has to report that for everyone. So that raises the question, well, who is a beneficial owner? I'm going to tell you. Uh, it's one of two things. It's an individual who either owns or controls at least 25% of the ownership interest of a reporting company, uh, or number two, exercises substantial control over the reporting company. All right. Um, let's take, let's, you know, kind of, let's kind of parse that. So, and by the way, in ownership interest, let's go to 25% of the ownership interest because that sounds easiest, doesn't it? Not necessarily because an ownership interest can be any form of stock, equity, capital or profits interest if you're a partnership or LLC, an interest strip convertible like a safe or a note. Uh, it can include options. It can include, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. Uh, it's broadly defined. So that's an ownership interest. And there are good examples in here uh, that help illustrate beneficial ownership when, for example, um, you have companies that own shares of your company and individuals own shares of the company that owns a share of your company, if you know what I mean. And uh, ultimately, somebody has to sit down and figure that all out for each one of your investors is what I'm getting to, your investors. So they have 25% of the ownership interest. You're going to have to go through this exercise. So look out for the questionnaires to be attached uh, to the investment documents that they're going to be signing. And uh, I'm sure they're not going to be happy about the amount of information they have to give to you that you have to report, but that is the law. Um, secondly, and if you thought that was fuzzy and bad, uh, secondly, a beneficial owner is somebody who, an individual who exercises substantial control over the reporting company. Well, what does that mean? Uh, okay, let me get an example. That's someone who serves as a senior officer, right? CEO, CFO, secretary, etc. Uh, it's also someone who can appoint and remove a senior officer. It's also majority of the board, so your board directors. Uh, it's anybody who can determine, direct, or has substantial influence over important decisions made by the company. Holy cow, that's broad. Or any other form of substantial control. I think people are going to be over-reporting, and they're going to be gathering lots and lots and lots of information from people who are involved in the management of their entity. Now, um, secondly... Uh, I mentioned at, that, the, that the people were disclosing, the reporting company is disclosing, it's disclosing information about the company, it's disclosing information about its beneficial owners. Thirdly, it's disclosing information about its company applicants. Well, what the heck does that mean? All right, company applicant is either the individual who files creation documents. That's me, typically. I mean, I'm a lawyer, a creation documents, a certificate of incorporation. I file that all the time. Uh, or the individual who's responsible for directing or controlling the filing. That's you, because you're going to tell me to do it, right? So the good news is you don't have to file you know, a dozen different reports, because uh, the final rule limits company applicants to one or two individuals. So... That is it, uh, pretty much in a nutshell. The other thing I'll say is that 
one way for company applicants anyway to avoid a lot of the problem because I'm not going to go be giving my driver's license to every company I incorporate. Uh, instead, uh, I went online. It's super simple. Just go on to the website and uh, find the FinCEN uh, uh, reporting website, the beneficial ownership EOI report site on, on FinCEN and apply as an applicant. They give you a FinCEN number. So instead of having to provide all this other information, I could just provide my FinCEN number. And everybody should really do that if you're going to be filing a lot of these. I've done that. And I will tell you, I've worked through the online portal. And surprisingly, for a governmental portal, it was, I mean, it's a little, by Silicon Valley standards, a little old-fashioned and outdated. You do have to re-key some information. But overall, it worked pretty well, despite like all the people using it. So I'd recommend you go do it now before everyone figures this out and they crash the site. Um, so that initial report was really rel a relatively painless process. Uh, tracking and monitoring and updating and figuring out who your beneficial owners are, that's going to be another story. And I suspect that we'll do another podcast taking a deeper dive, uh, especially uh, into these two fuzzy-wuzzy issues you know, who has substantial control and what do we do about indirect ownership and determining uh, who our beneficial owners are. Okay, thanks very much. This has been Roger Royce. This has been the 10,000 Startups Podcast. A little bit of a, of a quick one today, but I wanted to give you the update and the skinny on the new CTA requirements so that you don't miss any deadlines and you make sure to get these forms filed on time. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.